0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Classroom Matters with me, your host, Christy Houle. I am so excited to be sitting down today with Jeffrey Blair, who is the founder and the owner of the I See Me bookstore, and we are excited to dive into uh, his background and the bookstore, and again, I know I say this on the podcast a lot, but when I actually have someone in the studio and they're not on the phone, I love it because we're actually sitting here and we're talking, and so I'm, I'm... Pumped about this conversation, so Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming.
1: Hey, well, good morning, and thank you for having me. And also, I have to say that I am the co-owner and co-founder, oh. myself and my wife. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yes. You better put that in absolutely. there. Absolutely. So, Pamela Blair. Yes. 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 Hi, honey. <laughs> Hi, Pamela. That's right. <laughs> You're a smart man. Oh, absolutely. Very smart yes, man. Yes. Yes.
0: So, tell me a little bit about your about the I See Me Bookstore.
1: So um, we opened up the brick-and-mortar store uh, about four years ago. It was actually on, uh, on Juneteenth uh, in 2015. Um, and uh, it, it was in, it is in Olive Boulevard in University City. Um, about three years ago, we actually outgrew that, that space, and we just moved into a larger space about a mile down the road. So we're at 6951 Olive Boulevard in University City. And um, so we opened up the store. The concept of the store actually started long before that. Um, when we were raising our four children. And we found it exceptionally difficult to find books that reflected them, um, books that had African-American characters other than Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. And, uh, and so we, we looked dig- diligently to try to find stories, um, images that reflected them, um, reflected our history and our culture. And it, it, there's some out there, but it was just really difficult. We couldn't find a lot. Um, my wife actually wrote a couple. Uh, Children's books to try to fill that gap to make sure that we could surround them with things that were going to sort of edify them and really help them see their full potential. And so that concept of uh, of working on that foundation of self image and self love, out of that um, they became very, um, very. They did very well academically. They were self motivated about learning. They were real excited about reading and things like that. And uh, when they were in school, when they were in school, they actually did very well. And so teachers and friends and family asked, you know, well, what, you know. It's your secret or whatever. And um, we told them you know, that what we did is we really surrounded them with posters and images and stories of, about ourselves, about our culture, about our foundation. Um, their grandfather, uh, Shadrach Porter, who lives in Toronto, Canada, he would come and visit and we'd sit around a dining table and he'll tell us stories about, you know, way back, you know, generations ago, what happened and who did this or whatever, and they're just fascinated by that. Um, and so out of that, you know, again, they did very well. They were in different programs, they were in gifted programs, did a lot of different things that brought a lot of attention to them. And so eventually, long story short, you know, it was like, well, hey, let's see if we can make this available to you know, larger community, you know, because we definitely seeing while they're doing very well academically, a lot of their peers were not, you know, were really disconnected from school, disconnected from reading and, and, and academics. And so we thought that this was the missing piece that maybe could assist with that. And so that's kind of led us to kind of, you know, opened up ICM Bookstore to make that available and to do the work to try to go out there and find, you know, all the books that are out there that we think would be able to fit um you know um, um the the theme of really just having positive images about african americans and um and so that 's sort of the process that led us to where we are now
0: and how long have you been doing this uh
1: so the, the bookstore been about four years okay. uh before that we were doing it online to mm-hmm. some degree, but it really took off uh, about four years ago when we actually opened a brick and mortar store mm-hmm. and and I think you know having a website is great we do have a website and we do have you know um, thousands of titles there um, um, but i think walking into a bookstore and looking down every aisle and seeing yourself reflected on those covers and those images it does something to you so i think that's really where it really took off when we opened up the brick and mortar store
0: mm-hmm. so this this really started from something that you and your children really needed yes and we're sort of felt like you were lacking for them. And so you not only took it upon yourself to provide those resources for them, but you also extended it to everyone. Absolutely. And I I love what you just said about people being able to walk up and down the aisles and see themselves reflected in the covers and the stories because that doesn't happen at a typical bookstore, right? Because some people are listening and they might say, well, just go to the Books A Million or go to wherever, go online. But it's probably not near as easy. Mm-hmm. And the experience yeah. would definitely not be the same, right? Correct. Because Correct. I can I mean I go to the bookstore probably every week when we're in session for school and we're always looking at books. Yes. And it is hard to find, Yes. you know, those specific types of books, yes. Um, and so to have them all there, must be an emotional experience sometimes for folks. Did you see that happen, that come into your store?
1: Absolutely, you, you hit it on the head, that's exactly right. Um, I can tell you stories. So there, there was one in particular um, where a, a, a African-American woman was bringing her son to the bookstore. It was like a surprise. Um, she heard about the bookstore. She wanted to come in, and, and check it out. Her son was like, I believe like 10 years old at the time. And he thought they were going like, you know, to, I don't know, the park or something. And so when she said they were going to a bookstore, he was like, uh, oh, a bookstore, okay, all right. I mean, he, he liked to read, but it was just, you know, wasn't that excited about it. Um, but then when he walked in and again, he looked and he saw all that, he just was in his own world. He just went. In his own world, he went and picked up one of the books that he saw that looked like, actually, the person on the cover. Of the book kind of looked like him a little bit, and he sat down on the carpet and started to read while his mother, you know, browsed the other the other aisles and actually spoke to my wife. And um, so she's she's um, you know she's a blogger, and so she taped him on the on the carpet reading this book, just en- just en- engaged in this book. Um, she posted it on her site, and it went viral. Got five thousand hits, ten thousand hits. 20,000, 30,000, 6,000 hits. It got picked up by national media. It, he was spent on the Steve Harvey show. He was Anderson Cooper, young hero the year before. He's just been, he's done these with Oprah. He done so many different things, you know, from that um, imagery of a young black boy engaged in this book. You know, out of that, he ended up starting a book club called Books and Bros. And they just had like a, a big event a couple weeks ago. Um, and so out of that was like two things, right? One is like, that's, that's amazing. It's great that the, the society is celebrating this young boy really promotion of literacy because we don't see that a lot, right? talk about young black boys, young black, blo- young black boys in reading and literacy. It's not always something that you hear about. It's always usually the opposite. Oh, they they can't read or they don't read or whatever. Uh, but here was something where someone was excited about that and even started his own boys' book club, Books and Bros Book Club, and that's great that the that the society celebrates that. But the other piece of that is like, well, why is that so novel? right? That, well, why is that such a, you know, such an anomaly that 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 this is here? So that to us, that also shows, hey, you know, we have a lot of work to do because that should be normalized. That shouldn't be such a big thing. And so, um, but that was one example where someone coming in just had a, you know, and so from that experience that it just sparked within him, now he has hundreds of young black boys in this book club that if he wasn't there doing this, like, where would they be? Because a lot of times what happens with young boys is, Maybe they're interested in it, but maybe some of their friends are not, and so then it's not cool. I'm not. I'm not going to show or express that I like books because no one else is, and I'm going to. They're going to say I'm corny or whatever the word is today. I don't know. Maybe a different word. Um, but you know, they, they 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 hide it sometimes, and so this gave an the opportunity. To like, no, let's let's really celebrate that. Let's let's have opportunities to really show this is cool. Reading is cool. And I think he actually has a, t- a t-shirt that says Cool Bros Read. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So that type of promotion coming from me is one thing, but coming from a peer you know, that's, that's 10, 11, 12 years old can really have a big effect to, to, that, you know, to, that, to, to that age group. And even the ones that are younger coming up, looking up to them to say, hey, yeah, I want to be a part of that club too. So um, it feels good to be a part of that piece mm-hmm. that spark to kind of help that that we could have that environment to kind of spark that type of thing and that was just one example um, we've had grandparents who come in and say hey my, my grandson or granddaughter doesn't like to read and so um, they bring them in and at first they're a little reluctant but then you know we kind of talk with them and show them some of the vast different types of titles like from from everything a lot of times when people think about um, a representation or, or books that, that feature African Americans they're always thinking historical they're always thinking oh it's gonna be Martin Luther King." Or, it's right got civil rights or something like that
0: right and that's what i was gonna ask was what is the what is the difference in children or you know young adults even that are african-american seeing books written about everyday folks that look like them but are doing great things absolutely you don't see that very often
1: that's right matter of fact the book he picked up was called danny dollar millionaire and it was written by ty jackson right and um it was just about uh a young African-American boy who just started a lemonade stand and started to, you know, it was a very typical type of story you'll see in the children's books, but it featured an African-American. And so he can relate to that. He can really get into the story, see himself in there, and then, you know, when it comes to literacy and reading, that's the, the key, is engagement, if, I, if I'm engaged, right? Um, I know, um, you know, I do a lot of uh, presentations at schools, professional development, you know, for teachers to, about diversity and inclusion and about ICME. And uh, a lot of times I will start out with, a, I would do a selfie. Right of the whole group and trying to catch everybody in, and then I would show them the phone and they look around and I'll say, so what's the first thing you looked for when like when I showed you that picture, yourself? Mm -hmm. You try to see yourself. You try to see, you know, did I blink? You know, is my mouth open or whatever? Right? uh, And same thing. But how interested are you in that picture if you don't see yourself in that picture? And it's the same thing I think with our children, right? If African American children if they don't see themselves in in the books or in the curriculum then no wonder they get disengaged, right? Because they're, they're not, it's not about me, you know? And so I'm, I'm going to go do something else. And so I think it's important that, you know, the imagery as well as the content, um, you know, another example is the, is the, is the movie um, Hidden Figures. Right? Do you remember that movie Mm -hmm. with the the women who who are part of the NASA NASA and helped the 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 the, uh, the space program? It's like wow, never no one ever knew knew that exactly. You know, and so enjoyed enjoyed the movie, enjoyed the story, Um, but you know, just think how much impact that has for. either an African-American, African-American girl, or even a girl, generally, to see, wow, you know, we, we were. You know, cause a lot of times they say, like, girls don't go into science and tech and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, well, hey, way back then, there'd be no NASA if it wasn't for women and girls african right. American, And, and it, has, it can have a profound change to someone they can see that, you know? And um, and so that so that's good. It's good to, to have that um, 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 stories that are not told historically of the contributions of African-Americans, but it's also good to just have just a story, just a, you know, just... Danny Dollar Millionaire, you know, just the boy in his lemonade stand or, or boys and, and and their friends or girls and their friends going on adventures around their neighborhood, you know, just just any, any little thing. But it's just the idea, again, that representation and seeing myself in that story really, really matters.
0: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's a lot of success and you have a lot of uh, experiences and stories with some great things that are happening. What about any resistance or obstacles or challenges? Um, because of, about the time that you opened this bookstore four years ago, you know we're we're struggling with a lot of racial divide mm-hmm. in this country. Um, yes. You know, stemming out of the Ferguson riots in 2014, a lot of that in that area. So. What kind of, of challenges or obstacles, or has there been any, or has it been all positive?
1: No, there has been some challenges. I think, I think there's been more positive than challenges. And that was, that was shocking. When we first opened again, I, our focus was just you know, um, African-American children, right? Because we're African-American, and we felt like that's where the need was. And um, you know, if we could um, you know, really uh, it, help increase the love of reading and literacy as a foundation, then that, that, that helps alleviate a lot of problems downstream right and um, and so 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 along the way you know inc- encountering different maybe school districts or different librarians or teachers who may be been doing this for years and like oh that doesn't really matter you know it doesn't matter you can have black books white books they they just don't read that type of thing, and so sometimes that is difficult to try to get into a school system or partner with them or come and do a book fair and things. When they're like, "No, we'll you know we we'll do what we've been doing. It's not going to make a difference." Do you just so that let that
0: conversation good. go, or do you try to challenge them on that and, I mean, and we, speak to them about why they maybe should change their mindset?
1: I tell my story. I tell the story of some of the other children that have gone through or have some of the children do. I also talk about some of the research that's out there that shows this is not just a feel-good type of thing, mm-hmm. right? Remedy, um, but research shows when children see themselves, you know, when when African American children are taught about their history that they do better academically, right? Because they're, they're, there's not a void anymore about that. There's not the, you know, uh, the narrative that somehow our history is not as important. I remember I was doing a, uh, a Black History Month program. I was speaking to a group of middle school students um, and uh, it was a diverse crowd, it's about maybe 50 kids. And I uh, started by saying, hey, happy Black History Month. And, uh, and they replied back, mm-hmm. happy Black History Month. And I was like, so why don't we have a White History Month? Right? Mm-hmm. And it was like silence, it was quiet. And then one brave little black girl raised her hand and she said, because they have too much history to fit in a month? Mm-hmm. And at first I, I chuckled a little bit, I was like, oh well, no, 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 that's, that's not it, you know? Um, and you think what's going on in her head for her to mm-hmm. have that conclusion, right? Somehow she thinks because of the education that she's received, it's not her mm-hmm. fault, it's just all she's been receiving, that someone else Someone else's history was more important and more vast right. than her own, and so how how can you um, how can someone function at their optimal if they're starting from that place? You know, so I think it's it's you know it goes beyond just good grades, right? I think it, there there's, there's a dignity factor and there's a there's a, you know just a self-worth factor that I think gets gets negated you know in this conversation don't really don't really get to the focus on that piece of it but there's a big part of that uh, that if we don't really focus on on that piece of it see if you focus on that piece of it then the other things come out of that right it, it, again like I, like my children's experience they became self-motivated you know they became you know more aware and and of being able to think critically about things that are going on around them you know and not mm-hmm. just be be succumbed to kind of the waves of you know what the trends are 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 doing. Around them, so um, so so so, th- so. I think I think that's important. But we also have a lot of champions, right? Who kind of, like you said, with the things that happened in Ferguson. Um, that sort of woke up people in a lot in a lot of different senses right and so we have a lot of African Americans who were like man we got to do something for ourselves right and we have to really you know I want to really make sure that I'm more active you know in in my edu- education of my child and in, in my school and my child's school so I want to make sure and a lot of times it'd be through our parents or PT PTO or PTA that's like hey we want to have see me here or you want to have more diverse books in our library why isn't that there and so a lot of times the, the maybe teachers or parents would be the ones I would push towards that and that's great conversation to have and where they there at the right time to say hey mm-hmm. yeah we can don't worry I, I know this is uncomfortable maybe right. uncomfortable mm-hmm. or it could be difficult I'm not sure where to start but that's where we come yeah. in we can come and help you with that on the other side of that too um is what's one thing that we learned along the way there were a, a lot at that time what we've experienced there were a lot of white school district white teachers and white parents who were like wait a minute we're in a Obama era, like how is this still going on? I had no idea that there were still these issues that were going on. And they didn't want their children to be that Naive about things, and he wanted to expose them to diverse literature. And so, I I have to say, a good percentage of our customers um, are come from white school districts and white parents because they want to make sure that their children are exposed to diverse literature, so they don't have a false sense about history or about the context about what's happening in society. Um, So that was a part of our education, because you know, again, we started out with just my children. It wasn't really a business plan. I wasn't trying to do anything you know, to make any statement or anything, it was something that I thought was vital for my children. And then that grew into like, hey, this seems to work. Let me share this with the black community because we see black children are suffering when it comes to, um, to literacy and academics in school and, and doing well in school. Uh, but then our education was like, hey, you know, it's not just black kids that need this, but all kids need this because without having this, then you're only getting a piece of the story. Right, you get all the you get, you get missing history. You only get missing pieces about contributions and about you know all the um, you can have false conclusions. Just like that brave little black girl who raised her hand and said, mm-hmm. um, "White kids could think the same thing, right? That that uh, you know somehow their history is more important or more vast than anyone else's history, and that can also come give false conclusions as well."
0: So you've had some pretty probably courageous conversations with some of these people and not to make a buck, like you said. And I think that's one of those the most admirable things about what you and your wife, mm-hmm. Pamela, yes. um, <laughs> are doing is that it did truly stem out of You're wanting to educate not only your children, but other children um, and to help them see themselves. Yes. And I know you say reflections and mirrors, and I absolutely love that. Um, And, and, you know, you're talking a little bit about the white community and what a need. And and that might be something that I think folks miss a lot of times is this is not just a bookstore or, or resources for African American kids, so that they can see themselves. Right. This is also a, a vital part of you know kids coming from all white communities, all white families, white schools, or homeschooling settings where that's all they know. Right, and they might have a negative image um, of you know African American people or cultures or history because they've really never been exposed right. to the good, yes. um, to the you know the impact that African Americans have had, um, and so you know, as we were chatting earlier before the podcast, just even my own children not having a lot of that diversity, I think that they would just relish in a bookstore where it was different. And there were other kids that didn't look like them, but still were great stories to be told. Yes. And so talk to me a little bit about how you think that um, that is important for the kids that are never exposed to diversity.
1: Right. Absolutely. I think it is. I think, um, you know, if 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 someone is only told one story all the time then you know they're not really being prepared for when Later on in life, when they expose, they're going to be connected to other people. They, you know, um, and you know, it's one of the things where if the story that's told about other people was just benign, that's one thing. But a lot of times, the story that's being told are negative stories. Mm-hmm. It's what's on the, you know, ten o'clock news. It's uh, it's in the headlines. It's uh, you know, it's all these negative connotations. And so, absence anything positive and only something negative, it make it just makes sense to you, you. You probably have negative thoughts about. Mm-hmm you know, other people, even that concept, other people, right? Um, But the more I think, especially as this world becoming more and more diverse, right? Um, uh, I think it's important that we we prepare our children for that diverse world. And um, um, that's sort of the practical part of it. But there's another part to it, like, it's just beautiful to see Mm -hmm. all these different perspectives. I mean, there's different ways to tell a story. There's different ways, you know, it's it's like, you know, imagine just having one type of food all your life. That's, you know, I mean, you, that'll sustain you, and maybe you have some favorites. But now, what a beautiful thing it would be to kind of try different types of foods. Different taste buds get tantalized. Different, you know, it's it's just a beautiful thing, and you know, and you like to expose your child to that, right? The um, same thing with like maybe a flower. Maybe you love a but I mean, imagine the world with just one type of flower, right? And so exposing your children to that, I think, really expands their knowledge of the world and even of themselves. And um, I think you know, with, without that, I think you know, we we're, we're, we're kind of you know. The, it's like putting them at a disadvantage, I think, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that we are unintentionally as parents? Because I don't think that any parents ever have no. an intention to, you know, the majority of parents, you know, right. there's always that small group of those others that do have, you know, bad intentions. But for the most part, I think most parents yes. have good intentions. They want their children to be exposed to other things. They want their children to be fair and just and loving and kind to right. everyone that they come across. But I think sometimes, too, we unintentionally, by not exposing them yes. to these kinds of resources, we unintentionally set them up mm-hmm. for a, a negative impression yes. of African-American folks. Yes. Um, and that's really how I believe the cycle continues to foster itself is that if I'm not exposing my kids to the, the good things and the, the wonderful images and, um, the positive things that other folks in other cultures and, and things have done, then it's really on me. I've done that to them. I've sort of set them up to think negative things.
1: Correct. I, I agree. And I think, you know, um, it's one of those things that you know you have to be purposeful. Like you know, and and my journey with my children, for our children, um, you know, we we were purposeful. It's like we we you know kind of if you just kind of go with the status quo, send your children to school, and then let them you know be the experts in your child's education or whatever. That's one thing. But what as a parent, you're also looking out to say, hmm, you know what? I got to make sure that I'm protecting my child. I got to make sure that if I'm seeing something or um, that I'm not I'm not I'm I'm I'm, I'm not giving them everything that I, that that I you know, that that's around there to help them be successful in life, prepare them, then I got to do something about it to change that. And so, you know, I mean, a lot of the systems that are set up, you know, whether it's the school system, the curriculums, the publishing industry, what books get published, and what what gets normalized as imagery for in our society, a lot of those things, you know, were set up Generations ago, those systems were set up. Generations ago, and we just sort of pass it on from one generation to another. And so, for us to have change, for us to really have a, an inclusive, diverse um, um, society and school system and book industry that reflects the people, we have to be purposeful about that. It's not going to just happen, right? Um, you know, I'm, my foundation is in, is in science. You know, if I went to law school, I was in computer science um, um, a degree, and. Um, And so I, you know, physics is, I love physics, right? And so one of the laws of physics is, you know, an an object stays in motion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> until uh, a greater object comes and moves it off its path. And so a lot of the systems that were set up this happened during when racism was the norm back, you know, generations ago. And so unless we have good people that come together to say, hey, you know, we want to be purposeful in making sure that, um, you know, we, we, we change these systems for the better so that ours and future generations won't have to go through this situation where, you know, I, I find it hard to find books that reflect my children or that uh, other children can't see um, other people you know, um, contributing to the world and society or, or having fun or doing different things just like them, uh, but maybe, you know, in a different way culturally, you know, to be exposed to that type of diversity. That, that should be a norm. It shouldn't be something that you have to go looking and searching for, you know. Um, it should just be a part of, of, of our life because that's where our world is going. That's where we are. You know, and so um, um, so it's as what I see me, we're just good to be a part of that journey. We think this is where we're going, you know, as a society, and we want to really help um, tell that story.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that what it was like when you were a kid in school trying to find literature?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, at that time, it was one of those things where, I think, you know, one of my favorite things was Charlie Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up. And so it was Charlie Brown. And so. Um, do kids it, even
0: read Charlie Brown anymore? do I they even know. I don't think know? so. Charlie I don't know. Brown? Snoopy, maybe. I think maybe? Maybe Snoopy. Yeah,
1: on a t shirt or something. Yeah, but I don't think, thing. yeah. Okay. Well, that. they're missing out. I remember how excited I was when I saw the black character in Charlie Brown, you know, and it wasn't a starring character, but at least it was there. I was like, okay, okay, that's good. Um, but, you know, again, that was just like, well, that's just how it is. And so it's hard sometimes to visualize or even want something that you don't see. Do you think that had an impact
0: on you as a child in literature?
1: Um, absolutely, yeah. Because, I mean, right now, I feel like I'm catching up a little bit. Right now, children's books though, right? So children's books are coming in. So you're
0: kind of like living I'm, vicariously yes. as you're a child absolutely. again. You're like, oh, look
1: at all absolutely. these Absolutely. When they open up, I'm like, oh, like gold. <laughs> I'm like, look at that. You know, I love the illustrations. Yeah. It's so, just so different, the colors. And I'm just, I'm supposed to be like packing. I'm just going through it. And I'm like, you know, so I, I get excited as well. So, yes, I think, I think. Um, you, know, I, you know, it's funny. Um, you talk about people having an impact. I remember there's this, 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 um, this, this young man in his 30s, let's say. I know he has a couple kids. Um, and he an uh, African-American guy. And uh, so we were having a meeting about just something else. And he came into the store. And I, I was finishing up a prior meeting. I said, just hang out in the store a little bit, and I'll, I'll you know, about five minutes, and then we'll get together. So he hung out right in the store. And then he came and sat down in the office and ready to have our meeting, sat down. And as I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, well, something is like looks wrong. And he started to tear up. And I'm like, you know, man to man, just like, okay, uh, what's going on? I'm like, you know, you know mm-hmm. give, give me a moment. And he said, no, nah, I'm looking at, I'm walking down there and I'm looking at these books. And again, all of them reflected him, you know, in some way that he, he connected with. And he was like, man, I wonder if my life had been different if I had this as a child. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just so, yeah, it, it's, I think, you know, this, like you said about the challenges. A lot of, most of the challenges that we've had a lot of times have been just you know the the typical small business independent bookstore getting it off the ground type of thing promotions and processing and all these various things and employees and all that type of stuff that's that's big challenge um and um but a lot of this hard work it's late nights it's you know all these various things it's it's risk it's money all that stuff but um uh, every so often, sort like, oh man, it's, I, I don't know, is this, is, are you making any headway? But then experiences happen like that to saying, yeah, this is why we're here. It's we're, we're on the right path, mm-hmm. and um, and so it's real important not just to us but to other people. So I'm glad to be a part of that.
0: Do you think we're on the right path as a society?
1: Ooh, you know, it's one of those things where it goes up and down, back and forth. Um, you know, I, I got, I'm optimistic. So I'm, um, so I, I'm very optimistic, and especially again, like I said, um, being here on your podcast, um, you know the different invitations and emails and phone calls that, I, that we get, feedback from parents or teachers who say, you know there is one book that we have." So in addition to African Americans, we also um, expanded out to do you know, even more multicultural, underrepresented groups, such as Native Americans or Asians or Latin Americans or Muslim. And there was, there was um, one Muslim title that um, an elementary school had. Uh, I think it was like actually kindergarten. And um, so this one, is was a white school district and they had a Muslim girl in their class. And she was very, you know, just recluse and kind of stayed to herself. And um, so the teacher got one of her books, my something about Islam, I forget which book it was exactly, it had a Muslim character in it, let's say. And um, she started to read the book to the class um, and she, the girl picked it up and she was engaged and the teacher got a call from the from the girl or girl's mother and said that I what, what happened like she never really she came home talking about the book and da 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 da, da because she identified with one of the characters that were there and um, and so it you know we just hear, and so the mother then ended up buying the book for her and whatever and so it was just really something and so when we hear stories like that and feedback like that we're like yeah we're, we're on a good path the fact that we could you know even um, and go to a larger space to get more inventory and to do more programs, more places for parents—you know, white parents, black parents, Asian parents—to come and bring their kids. Not just to buy books, but also by taking story time. Whatever taking, we have like a, a, a multicultural room, uh, a um. Uh, um a um entertainment room where we have like you can do like open mic and things like that and more activities and things like that so just have a space a destination spot where um we could really enjoy books enjoy literacy enjoy enjoy different different cultures we're about to open up a cafe there so we can have little snacks oh, and things coffee. as well coffee oh, exactly yeah. yeah coffee and Everybody books wants coffee absolutely and books. that's right and uh so um so yeah i think i think uh there's a lot of a lot of long way to go a lot of challenges along the way but i think you know um, I think we're making some good strides, I believe.
0: I think so too. Yes. Mm-hmm. i so excited. I mean, I'm just, I'm thrilled to have you here and to spread this message. And I, you know, as we were talking before, I, I can't tell you the importance that I think that this holds, um, not only in the community, but everywhere. Yes. Um, it's not just here in our little community of st louis but i think that this needs to spread Mm -hmm. um nationwide and so tell us again where we can find you okay
1: sure yeah so we're in university city um 6951 olive boulevard in university city um right across street from the schnooks and then we also have our website www.iceeme.com which is e-y-e-s-e-e-m-e.com I want children to see themselves in the literature that they read. Um, And they have also on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, Pinterest.
0: And if teachers want you to come out and and do you do those kinds of things, you go out into schools, the community, if teachers want to give you a call and say, hey, Jeff or Pam, we'd love to have you guys come out to the school and bring some books and do a display, you guys are all open to that kind of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, we do
1: a lot of that actually. That's great. And so we go all, you know, what, city, county, East St. Louis, we go down to Jefferson County, actually we're gonna be in Columbia, on um, Missouri a little bit. So we do we do book fairs, we come out and do book fairs and it, it could be, you know, a week long, it could be a day long, it could be tied to an event. Um, we also go out and do professional development with teachers and, and, uh, and, and try to give some insights into some ways to really find, a lot of times teachers they want to add diversity to the collection, but not sure exactly how to do it, or where to find good selection and things like that. And so we sort of help with that as well. Um, we also do bundles, right? And so if you go to our website, um, you'll see that we have some standard bundles out there. Sometimes, you know, teachers, instead of picking out one book at a time, you know, here's a whole bundle for a classroom set for kindergarten, classroom set for first grade, second grade. And then we also do, you know, custom things. We just um, built this relationship with parents. Are you familiar with parents as teachers? Uh-huh, absolutely. absolutely. So yep. we So we're supplying them diverse That's great. books. That's uh, For them as well, absolutely. And so, a lot of their people that they service, you know, are African American, but they don't have a lot of African American books. And so, we're 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 adding uh, to their collections. That's a great relationship that we're having. So we're, yeah, our thing is not just the bookstore, but also going out into the community to make sure that you know we can assist any way that we can. And that's really our mission statement: to be a resource, right, to parents and teachers, and help them to provide you know the best. Um, diverse children's books that are out there on the market, and so that's that's a, bar, a big part of it. And then, as I mentioned, also the programs that we have at the store as well, um, where it could be story time or author visits. We also have the space available for people who may want to have you know different events there for themselves, you know, birthday parties or something like that for children, painting parties for the children, things like that. So we just want to make it a fun destination place, um, a tie reading and literacy to fun and excitement, you know? And that's really a big part of it, you know, that we want to make sure that they um, view books as, you know? And it's funny because when children are young, when they're in kindergarten, first grade, that that's really, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. read it again. I can't, yeah. I'm so excited. That's, all to do. that's Oh my, goodness is so amazing, excited. But then those same kids, you know, you get to like fifth grade, sixth grade. Now, I don't like mm-hmm. to read. It's like, oh, well, what happened, you know? Yeah. So. Um, and
0: I think that for our homeschool families too that listen to this podcast, you know, just even displaying books, um, you know, in your home and having a couple different types of books displayed on windowsills and on your coffee table and it's going to intrigue your your children to want to pick those books up when they see the covers and that they look like something new and, and exciting to read. So I think even just the smallest things like that is going to make an impression
1: that is so on true. kids
0: at a young age. Not necessarily, you know, we're not saying dive in and get a whole library right. full of these right off the bat, but just a couple, you know, sitting at the kitchen table or sitting on the counter, yes. you know, really sort of just easing your children. At Like you said, at a young age, three, four, five years old, to have this type of exposure so that it is more normal Absolutely. For them. That's so, right. That's right. Jeffrey, thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. It's Absolutely. been a pleasure. Same here. Absolutely. All right. And I'll see you at the store. I will see oh, yeah. you at the store. I'll bring my kids down and have some coffee. Absolutely. <laughs> while they look around.
0: Uh, and I'll be thrilled to meet your wife, too. Same so, here. So yes. um, that is it for today's episode of the Classroom Matters podcast. With me, your host, Christy Hoole. We will see you next time, and don't forget to check out all of our great resources on the educate.today website.